Our lives have been completely disrupted. How do we help our kids understand it? How do we help them get through all of this? I know that's been on your mind. It's been on mine. So that's our conversation today, helping our kids cope with the disruptions from COVID-19. Becoming better parents, partners, and people, this is the Positively Dad Podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm James Shaw, host of Positively Dad. I'm excited that you're listening today. My wife, Terry and I are the proud parents of an eight-year-old second grader. Her name is Naomi, and I started Positively Dad to be a resource to you. See, most support for parents out there is designed for mom, and so I decided that uh, I was going to do something to help out dads, and we do two podcasts every week. This is our Monday episode where we talk with someone who's going to help us grow as a parent, partner, or person. And then my daughter, Naomi, will join us at the end of the show today for the Kids Corner. It's her little podcast within the podcast. And then on Thursdays, we do our Dad Talk series where we talk to a dad about being a dad. So today, we're continuing our conversation on COVID-19. There's so much going on with it. It's just kind of the way life is right now. And so my goal is to help you get through this challenging time. And we've been completely disrupted, right? I mean, school's out. You're probably working from home. Maybe you've lost your job or concerned about your job. You're looking at your financial picture. You're becoming a, a, a parent, a teacher, and, and, and all of these things all at one time. And our kids know what's going on. Whether you have young kids or teenagers, they recognize that their life has completely been changed, and they don't know for how long. So today, I want to help you have the conversation with them about how they can cope with this disruption. And so we're bringing back a guest who's been on the show before. Her name is Dr. Kelly Tu. She's from the University of Illinois, and she specializes in understanding stress in families and in kids. So today she's going to walk us through how we can understand what our kids might be experiencing and then how we can walk them through it to make it a little bit easier. It's an important conversation we're going to have today, and I'm really excited to welcome Dr. Tu back to the show. Dr. Tu, thanks so much for being back on Positively Dad. Yeah, thank you so much for having me and for this opportunity. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And so tell us just a little bit about you, what you do there at the University of Illinois, and what makes you such an expert to be able to help us today. Sure, yeah. Um, So I'm an assistant professor in the Department of Human Development and Family Studies at the University of Illinois. Uh, My research focuses on how children cope with stress, um, typically day-to-day types of stressors such as um, social stress and academic challenges, um, you know, how they're coping with it, and the role that parents play in helping children to develop effective coping strategies. Um, So that's the main sort of premise of my research. Well, and we need that right now. I mean, it it feels like the last few weeks have just been wild and they're going to be that way for a while, right? So the government says we're going to, you know, we really need to keep social distancing until May and many Mm -hmm. states have some sort of shutdown or stay at home or something like that. Mm -hmm. Our whole world's been changed. At the time that you and I are talking right now, Indiana has become the 11th state to cancel school for the rest of the year. You and I were talking about how you're teaching your college students right now. There's a lot going on and it can be pretty stressful, can't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, when you're asking um, families to stay, you know, when you're asking everyone to stay home and especially thinking about families, whether they have teenagers or young kids who are also now doing remote um, learning and online learning, but then also for parents to still be working as well, um, you know, if they are, you know, fortunate enough to be able to continue working. And so that's sort of another um, layer of balancing, um, you know, 
your work, um, your kids' schooling, the childcare, um, everything else that's going on. And then for some families, it's that added stress of being out of work, um, either having been laid off, um, a lot of different circumstances, and that's even more stressful. And so I think keeping that in mind and recognizing what families are going through right now, and it's a, a real wide range, but everyone is in very similar situations of being stressed in a lot of different ways. Yeah, we're all going through different things. It, the, today's April 2nd when we're talking. And so today the unemployment numbers came out over 6 million mm -hmm. in one week, unemployment claims filed. There's, there's just a lot going on. So let's start, here's what I thought we could do. We could kind of start younger and work our way up. And then I want okay. to talk about mom and dad too. So, okay. so let's start with the younger kid. And you said really, I mean, first of all, we have to talk about what's going on because our kids know something's different happening. Yes. And you said the way we do that might depend on their age and interest. Yeah, yeah. So in thinking about, um, you know, the change and disruption to children's lives, um, you know, they may have a lot of questions and it's natural for them to have questions about what's going on. And I think for parents, um, you know, they can be honest with them about what's happening, but taking into account, you know, for younger kids, um, you know, the way that they're going to explain things, um, you know, not necessarily going into a whole lot of detail, you know, there are germs going around, there's a virus, a lot of people are getting really sick. Um, this is what we're trying to do to protect ourselves um, and our family and also keep other people healthy. Um, and then for older kids, you know, they may be asking more detailed questions um, and even up to teenagers, you know, they may be reading about, you know, as news alerts are coming through or watching it um, on TV and have a lot of questions about, you know, what's happening, what this all means. Um, and so taking that into account of what kind of information to provide. And one of the things I had suggested was, you know, start with the most sort of basic, simple answer that you can and then gauge the child or the teenager's responses from there and see, do they have more questions? Do they seem satisfied with the answer? And, you know, maybe it was just a curiosity and now they can, you know, they're moving on to something else or, you know, do they have a lot more questions and they do, do they seem really worried about it? And what are ways um, to talk about um, what's happening in a way that can help them to manage some of those experiences and feelings that they're having? Yeah, I think that the you know one thing I've learned is just how roll with it kind of attitude at least mm -hmm. my eight year old has. Mm -hmm. You know, Naomi is just okay. This is what it is, and we've talked about it. Mm -hmm. And and I think that the thing I've learned, and maybe you can comment on this, is mm -hmm. she's a lot smarter than we think. So she, mm -hmm. you know, if I went and said, yeah, it's just a virus, and we want to you know stay safe from it, like mm -hmm. that's I don't think that's a satisfying answer for her. Yeah. So how do we know if mm -hmm. if we got if we need to go a little bit deeper mm -hmm. with our younger kids? Yeah, I think asking her directly, you know, what kinds of questions do you have? Like, what do you want to know? Like, you know, we've talked about this, but, you know, what other questions might you have about it to get a sense of um, what kind of information she's looking for um, before, you know, going into detail about something that you think um, they might want to know. And it might, it might be on base, it might be off base. So just doing that check-in with them to ask them about, you know, what they're thinking, what they're feeling, what kinds of questions they have. I imagine different kids are going to need different things, right? That it's not a one size fits all. If your kid is seven, this is what you say. I mean, there's right. probably a lot of factors into 
to helping you know how much to say. So what's a good way to know how far you need to take it? Mm -hmm. I think letting it be driven by the child. Um, And I also think, you know, thinking about different circumstances in terms of the child may have a family member who has been affected. um, And so the, you know, they may have been hearing about these things. And so those conversations may be different and maybe more in detail, more in depth. They may be talking about it a bit more as they may be concerned about that family member, or maybe it's a family friend compared to a family who they don't know anyone who's directly affected. And the conversations around um, the pandemic and the virus are maybe a little different. Okay. So you got to read your child and maybe let Mm -hmm. them lead the way. I think that's really good. Now there's so much going on right now that is completely out of our control. Mm-hmm. And, and yet our whole lives have been thrown for crazy. Mm-hmm. And I heard somebody say one time, all right, let's you know, focus on the plan, not the problem. Let's focus on the things we do control, the things we don't. What's your advice mm-hmm. on how to handle that? Because you mm-hmm. know, I, I think Naomi's done a great job of, of and, and I think my wife's done a great job of explaining mm-hmm. why we're staying at home and we're not going out and playing with our friends and yet our best friend lives across the street like yeah. they can see each other's bedrooms. Yeah. How do we handle the what we can and can't control and really walk them through this? Yeah, I think reminding our children what they can control and what they can do about it. Um, and I think what you bring up is um, an important issue of if we're trying to control something or some aspect of it that we have no control over, we're kind of running in circles, right? It's not really doing us any good. And so I think recognizing, you know, this is what the situation is in terms of not being able to see our friends physically. Um, We can't get very close. We can't do these things. But here's something that we can do instead. Um, So things like a lot of people are doing these like virtual play dates, um, being able to do video chats or make videos and exchange them, um, you know, through either, depending on the age, like through their parents' um, devices or phones and those kinds of things, Um, you know, writing out letters, taking a picture of it, sending it that way, or even, you know, trying to help text. And so I think thinking about other ideas and other ways for them to still have that social interaction um, with their friends and thinking about this is something that they can do and focusing more on that as opposed to what they can't do. Well, and we might learn some new skills this way too. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. a good thing. We, we have uh, allowed Naomi now to start to message. We found an app that we yeah. can monitor everything. Right. And I, I understand there's stuff that opens and yet yeah. we can monitor everything and see what's happening. And she's, what's been fun is that she's connected now with kids that she normally wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And she's getting to talk to her classmates. So you're saying, hey, let's yeah. focus on our ways we can connect mm-hmm. and still be with each other and, and mm-hmm. kind of support each other. And yet, I think we probably have to explain why we're doing it this way. Yes, I think you still have to explain it. Um, but maybe more so the more time spent on here are ideas of what you can do, really emphasizing that. And then the other piece of it is like giving them the space to do that. So the example that you gave of letting your daughter start to message her friends, um, you know, there's a lot, you know, in terms of a lot of the, you know, old rules that we had are kind of out the window now in terms of, you know, A lot of parents, you know, if they have to get things done, being able to rely on some screen time for their kids, you know, these are not ordinary times. And so we're taking very different approaches in terms of 
just how we're getting through the day. And so whether it's, okay, now um, our kids can use this app to message, we're using these other different kind of apps in order for them to connect with their friends. But what you're saying is that we're still able to monitor, um, you know, maybe managing um, sort of the time spent on it, but still giving kids that space and a little bit of control over, you know, how they want to interact with their friends and when they want to, to some degree. So they feel like they have a little bit more control over their lives. Okay. Yeah, that's good because she would not have this app if it weren't for COVID. I mean, the the rules would still be there. And and I did, I didn't want it. And by the way, my wife was a genius to allow her to do it because it's allowed her to connect. Um, Okay. Now, you know, we all used to have the, we get up at this time and we have breakfast and hurry up and put your shoes on. Then we go to school and we can do this and that's all out the window. And yet I think for their own well-being, mm-hmm. getting some kind of schedule is pretty important, right? Yeah. And so creating a new schedule or new routines, um, you know, and it doesn't have to be as, you know, strict or stringent as it was, you know, when you had to get to the bus stop or you'd miss the bus and, you know, the bell rings and that's the start of school. But a lot of people are saying having some um, definitive transition of knowing Um, And that's why people are encouraging, um, you know, when your kids get up, you know, they still get dressed, um, you know, although I will say my son does not, he prefers to stay in his pajamas and he's happy with that. So that's not something I want to fight right now. Um, And so he's going to be at home for at least another month. So you've got time to figure it out. Yes, exactly. Um, But, you know, those like small things that help them to recognize like, oh, we're now we're moving on to this. Um, You know, you still, you can still have the like morning routine. You wake up, get dressed, brush your teeth, you have your breakfast. Um, But whether or not you go straight into, you know, okay, now we have to do schoolwork. And it's hard um, for a lot of kids to adjust. I think now that a lot of kids have been out for three or more weeks, you know, we're starting to hear like, oh, I want to go back to school. I wish I could go back to school. Like, you know, and so, you know, for them, like the novelty of these extra, you know, stay home days or break or whatever, it's wearing off. And so if you can um, develop or implement some routines for them to say, you know, you, and you can have conversations with them about it. You know, what do you, how do you want to start your day? Um, these are the things that we want to accomplish today, or these are our goals for today. Um, we want to do a little bit of reading, we want to do a little bit of math. And I frame things for my son who is six around like activity. So not that this is like homework or schoolwork. You know, we have this fun math activity that we're going to do. Um, but again, giving them some sense of control um, and some say in their day and helping to shape like what that looks like um, and having those conversations about, okay, so, um, you know, during the morning, we'll, you know, if the weather's nice, we'll go outside and, you know, play for a little bit. And then after that, we're going to come in and do some of our math activities, or our math work. Um, and then so setting out the day in that way and sort of adjusting expectations of it's not going to be like typical school where they're there from, you know, eight o'clock to three o'clock and every minute of every hour is packed with something. And that's what the teachers have said and communicated. Um, That's what a lot of people are saying. We can't expect parents to now all of a sudden be, um, you know, well-trained as teachers, um, you know, primary, secondary education and knowing how to teach some of this, um, you know, these materials and recognizing for parents, like do the best you can, um, try to keep it fun um, and not as, you know, not putting a lot of pressure on kids. Um, And, you know, if something's not working and you're getting a lot of pushback, take a break, come back to it later. Yeah. I had, I talked to somebody who said if 
if your school day one day is frozen in the morning, lunch, and then frozen two in the afternoon, that's, mm -hmm. that's okay. I mean, yes. it, we, we've got to give ourselves a little bit of grace. Mm -hmm. And what I'm hearing from you, though, is a routine is going to help our kids mm -hmm. feel some sort of sense of normalcy during what you describe as mm -hmm. what you call unpredictable times. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's, let's move the conversation forward. So let's get, okay. let's move into the older kids, mm -hmm. uh, you know, middle school, teenager, and so on, because this yeah. is a little bit different for them. Right. Um, and you, you spent a lot of time in your Psychology Today piece talking about teenagers. So yeah. what are some of the things that we need to know as parents when it comes to helping our teens handle this? Yeah, so um, I focused on one aspect in terms of this issue around social distancing, but I'll also talk about another piece that I didn't really address in that is also recognizing that this is really stressful um, and overwhelming for um, teens as well, preteens, teenagers, um, as well as um, young adults um, in thinking about their future. You know, they have more of that future orientation, whereas our young kids, they're really just thinking about today and maybe tomorrow, right? Um, and so our teenagers um, are able to th have more forward thinking, thinking about the future um, and the academic demands that they have on them are um, different than what we have for our younger kids. And so there may be a lot of anxiety and distress around, you know, how am I gonna do all this? You know, how am I gonna learn, you know, biology remotely? Or, you know, how am I gonna learn it just from reading a textbook? And so I think recognizing that there are also um, different kinds of um, challenges that teenagers might be experiencing and thinking about how can we help to alleviate um, some of that, that pressure and that anxiety. And I think again, going back to uh, a lot of the kids um, from my research study that we've talked to, you know, they talk about when it comes to their academics, um, you know, they really want to make their mom and dads proud. And so I think for, you know, and the parents may not realize, um, and they may not be doing it as a means of like, you know, putting pressure, that's not their intention. Um, but I think even for parents to be able to say, you know what, like, we're all trying to figure this out and it's okay. It's okay to not feel great about uh, or to feel stressed about, um, you know, what your classes are going to look like. It's okay to struggle, um, you know, and then offer like, what can I do to help? What can we do to help? Whether or not parents um, can help to identify resources or just let them know that, you know, we can't have the same expectations right now that we normally would. And, you know, that needs to change. And I think, for some kids, hearing that might help to relieve some of the pressure of, you know, I have to do my best, I have to understand this, my grades still matter, um, and I have to get, you know, that A plus or whatever it might be. Um, that could help to make a difference for those kids. Well, and you and I did a whole episode that people should go back and listen to to talk about how oftentimes when parents are engaging with our teenagers about things like school that we can do more harm than good. And, and right. so we did a whole episode on it. It's called yeah. Dad, You're Stressing Me Out. And it's fantastic. I, I, so you should go back and listen to it. And I feel like that the stuff we spent a half hour talking about last time can only become amplified right now because right. now we have other stress. We can't, we're not seeing our friends. If we've got a boyfriend or girlfriend, we don't get to hang out with right. them. We, um, you know, we're probably spending more time on social media, which may not be a good thing. Right. And, yeah. and so it's all this more, plus you have to be with your parents all the time now right. and have every meal with them. Like, I feel like that some of that's good and 
it might cause more stress, right? Right. Yeah. And so, you know, we can think about the silver lining of, um, you know, more opportunities to, you know, connect with family and, you know, to make, um, you know, positive memories out of a bad situation, um, bonding time. At the same time, thinking about um, for adults and teenagers alike, recognizing that just because you're um, in the same space or you're in the same house, um, that doesn't mean you have to spend every minute together and making sure that people can, each person in the house can have their own space and their own time, like if they just need time away. So it's not that you have to do everything together, um, recognizing, especially for teenagers, giving them that space to, um, you know, do their own thing. Again, similar to children, being able to socially connect with their friends, um, you know, whether it's through text messaging, the apps, um, social media, um, giving them space to get that support from their friends because in adolescence friends are um you know really important in that support from friends and you know even though we're all going through this together it is something different about um you know okay well my mom and dad like their perspective or their experiences that's not what my friends would say like my friends get me right and mm-hmm. they understand what i'm going through because they know the day to day and so giving them that space and time to get that support from their friends um, and for parents to recognize they don't have to be the sole source of support um, that their kids have the social network and, and giving them that space to to tap into that Okay, I think that's fantastic. And then there was something you said in the article that really got my attention. And that was, you know, parents, as you explain this to your kids, there's probably like an actual like biological reason as to why they don't get it. And you were talking just a little bit about brain development, that sort of thing. And this is not to push off that, hey, kids need to understand things. It's just, it might take a little bit longer for, for teenagers to figure out why this is so important. Can you talk about that? Yeah, yeah. So what I talked about in the article, um, the focus on the the teenagers part is, you know, we've been seeing in the news recently, especially um, with um, young adults um, and teens is not following these social distancing guidelines, you know, so they're showing shots of, um, you know, the Florida beaches, um, different parks where it's crowded with people, um, and in particular young people. And so, you know, as I was watching that, and, and seeing these, um, seeing this coverage, um, you know, I go back to, I also teach adolescent development and understanding um, their um, brain development right now um, in the sense of, you know, the area of the brain that is involved in managing um, sort of decision-making, um, future planning, uh, you know, the risk, um, risk and reward assessments, um, that's not fully developed until about the mid-20s. And so when we're talking about our teenagers and our young adults, um, you know, in this like, you know, 15 to 25 age bracket, uh, you know, they're not thinking like adults because they're not adults, right? And so when they're in a situation of, you know, I am going to miss out on this social opportunity. Everyone's going to be there. If I'm not there, that's going to be like the end of the world for, I'm going to miss out on so many things. I have to be there. So the reward is really driving their behaviors of, I don't want to miss out. I don't, you know, I want to be there with my friends. I want to experience everything that they're experiencing. The, the part of the brain that's processing the risk of coronavirus and, you know, um, spreading it or getting infected, that is not 
at the forefront of what they're thinking. What they're thinking about is these missed social opportunities. Um, and so I think understanding that's where um, the, the teens and the young adults, their mindsets might be um, to understand. So one of the things I talked about in the article is, you know, not not all young people are out, you know, not socially distancing. And so I think it's important for friends to talk about that. So, um, you know, encouraging their friends to participate in social distancing and saying like, hey, like I'm doing it and explaining their reasons why. And I think if that can start a trend, that can sort of spread through their network. And again, thinking about if peers can have and friends can have uh, a strong influence on risky behaviors, they can also have a very similar influence on positive, healthy behaviors as well. Mm, and so yeah. if you have enough friends who are saying like, oh no, like I'm not going out, you know, we're not meeting up for this, um, you know, that could have a positive impact. That definitely carries some influence um, for them. And then, and then what about, you know, so if parents want to help explain this to just mm -hmm. alleviate whatever, you know, why won't you let me go out or whatever mm -hmm. might come. What's a good way for a parent to help a yeah. teenager understand this is why we have to stay home. Mm -hmm. I mean, it almost seems like we're gonna have to yeah. have the same conversation with our 18 year old as our eight year old. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's very important. Um, and I will say, I don't feel like I have a good answer um, in that regard in thinking about understanding where the, the mindset is and where teenagers are coming from in terms of their decision-making. I think a lot of it has to do with not necessarily playing up the risk, but playing up the reward of staying in. So I think it's thinking about it in a different way. Um, and, and it's even hard for me as I think about, you know, when I, when I taught my um, adolescent development class and I talked with the students about, um, you know, yeah, like how can we have these conversations about like, you know, risky behaviors such as like substance um, use or drinking and driving and those types of things. And so I don't have a good answer for that um, except uh, um, when it comes to thinking about playing up the reward of engaging in the safer, healthier choice and not necessarily because they're they may, they may brush it off, right? If you're saying like, well, you know, now it's like hundreds of, you know, thousands of people are infected, hundreds of people are dying, you know, for some that may resonate with them, but for others it may not. And so it's thinking about how you're framing the message and not necessarily playing that piece up, but playing the other side of it up as this is a rewarding um, part of it in terms of thinking about risk and reward. Um, but yeah, continuing to, you know, eventually they'll get that message, like, but just being consistent about the message and, you know, and if they're, you know, at home with them, you know, really monitoring those behaviors and having strict guidelines um, about those things. Here's what you can do. You can, you know, FaceTime or video chat, but you're not going over to so-and-so's house. And, and as a parent, you're going to have to deal with that. And eventually yeah, you'll make some progress is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah. Okay. So there's two kind of other things I wanted to talk mm -hmm. about. And, yeah. and I appreciate you doing this for us today. It's been sure. so helpful. Um, Anytime there's change in life, we don't like change, we resist it, and, and we've been forced into it. This was not voluntary, and we've all been forced into this change. So it does bring up, and you talked about it earlier, some anxiety, stress. What are some ways we can tell if our kids are experiencing anxiety and stress, and how can we help them? Yeah, so I think it's uh, monitoring sort of their behavior, their demeanor. Do they 
Um, are they acting or behaving um, differently than they normally do? Um, whether it's either acting out more, um, you know, sort of um, being disruptive or defiant, um, or if they're like really quiet and withdrawn, they don't really want to talk to anyone or, you know, really engage with anyone at home. Those would be some signs of, you know, maybe something's going on here and, and let me, let me check this out. Let's, you know, let me as a parent um, continue to check in um, and offering those opportunities um, and just saying, hey, like I'm here um, offering your support and availability and just doing those daily check-ins with them to say, you know, I'm here um, if you want to talk about it or, you know, even thinking about you know, maybe they're not ready to talk about it. Maybe they're processing things on their own. Um, so the talking about that might be one strategy. Another could just be just distraction um, for a young child, for a teenager, you know, now that we're all sort of stuck at home um, thinking about this disruption to our lives, what are some things that we can do that can help us to not, you know, not be um, on our phones, seeing these updates, um, not watching TV, but, you know, what is something that we can do either as a family or, you know, some of us in the family that can just help to take um, our minds off of what we're going through right now. And, you know, whether it's doing a, a family game afternoon instead of a family yeah. game night or going out for a walk, um, any of those, so just something different to break up um, sort of what the mood might be or the monotony of the day, just yeah. trying something different to distract them. I have a feeling, Dr. Two, that we're going to go through this, you know, for a period of time. And then as life starts to move in a more traditional way, that we'll have to go through this change again and deal with like the frustration again. Right now we got to go, do, oh, I don't want to drive to work anymore. I don't want, yeah. so we could see this again. Okay, yeah. last thing I wanted to ask you about is this. Yeah. Um, there's a, parents are experiencing stress too. Yes. And, and like I said, so today, I know if you're watching live on Facebook, you know, it's April 2nd. By the time this podcast comes out, it won't be April 2nd. It's going to be after that. And so the numbers I give might be wrong. I mean, we're up to 9 million jobs lost in two mm -hmm. weeks and, and hours being pulled back and, mm -hmm. and stock markets going crazy. And now you didn't intend to have your kids home with you. And now in at mm -hmm. least 11 states, they're going to be home until the fall. Like yeah. parents are experiencing some stress too. Mm -hmm. What, yeah. what do you want to say to them? Yeah. To kind of have some, I guess, pay attention to some self-care on this. Right. Right. I think that's really important. Um, in recognizing parents, you're doing your best, um, whatever it is that you might be doing, because these are really unprecedented times. Um, and we've, haven't experienced this kind of sort of shutdown um, before. And so just recognizing um, that you're doing your best and not putting extra pressure um, on yourselves to, you know, now I have to be this perfect, like stay at home parent that like does all of the, you know, homeschooling and doing all these things for my kids. And just really what are realistic expectations? Yes, there are a, you know, a number of kids now who are out until the fall and there are, you know, these remote online learnings, but that's not to say you have to become an expert in being a kindergarten, first grade, second grade, you know, whatever teacher, um, you know, being there um, if you can to support your kids, but not necessarily, you know, no one's expecting parents to like, you know, now I have to learn all this content and teach it. If you are getting that message, you know, I would say you shouldn't put that pressure and that expectation on yourself um, and just try to take things sort of 
one day at a time. So for um, parents who have um, lost their jobs, you know, you were talking about the unemployment rate, you know, there are a lot of stressors and worries that come with, you know, what's happening next. Um, I do think there are a lot of things that are being put in place to help protect um, these vulnerable families um, in terms of, you know, um, uh, extended, um, you know, deadlines or due dates for different things. And so, um, you know, being able to recognize that I think people are seeing this and we really want to make sure that we're protecting our most vulnerable population as well. And that prior to this, um, these families were already in really challenging and stressful circumstances. And so just to take things a day at a time um, at this point is I think the best that we can do. Um, and just to make sure to take time for yourself. It is really hard um, whether you're working, you know, you're still working from home or whether you have been um, laid off. And if you have children at home, um, trying to balance everything and, you know, especially with younger children, um, there's a lot of um, time, effort and energy um, in terms of childcare, but making sure to take time for yourself, um, you know, to find a way to, um, you know, decompress, to de-stress. And then one of the, um, a really important thing is to get some sleep, um, get some rest. And I know that might be hard um, with all of the things that are changing. And, you know, there might be a lot of stress and anxiety about what's gonna happen, um, you know, down the road. But I think trying to think about, let's take it a day at a time and, um, you know, break it down into more manageable pieces um, and making sure that, we're trying to do things to help ourselves to um, take care of ourselves. Um, so I think things like meditation apps, a lot of them have are now providing like free content. And so if that if that's something that will help um, you to sort of de-stress and to help you sleep and to get that rest, because you know it's kind of like when you go on a flight, right? They say put on your own oxygen mask before you help others. And so um, for parents especially. Um, it's really easy to sort of burn out and say, no, I have to take care of all these things. And I'm guilty of that. And so I know even for myself, like I need to take care of myself um, to be able to take care of my family. Um, and so making sure to build in that time for yourself. That's great. Well, Dr. T, you've been a great guest for us. So thank you so much. Um, I know you're on Twitter now. This is very exciting. So if people want to follow you on Twitter, how can they find you? It's Kelly M24. Kelly M24. And then... Um, I'm going to share the Psychology Today piece on our Facebook okay. page so if people want to read Thank it, they you. can. Thank you so much for being on the show again. I appreciate it. You've added a lot of value. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed talking with you. Great stuff from Dr. Two. I trust you learned a lot. I certainly did. And, you know, it, it, it's a challenging time. I think what we found for us, be honest with Naomi about what's going on, share with what we're experiencing. Terry and I have to communicate at a really high level, and it's okay to struggle. It's okay to have some breakdowns. It's okay, and we'll get through it. All right, let's wrap up the way we wrap up every podcast, and that is with a visit to the Kids Corner. This is where Naomi, my eight-year-old, shares a little bit about what's on her mind. Ever wonder what's on the mind of your children? Let's find out in the Kids Corner with your host, Naomi. Hi, this is Naomi Sean. Today, I will be talking about stuffies. Younger kids and older kids it's okay if you still have stuffies when you're older. I am eight and I still have my favorite stuffies. I have more than like 10 stuffies, a lot of stuffies. 
and um, they're just fun to play with. And if you're lonely, you don't have a sister or a brother or anybody else to play with, especially at this time, you could um, play with your stuffies and like pretend they're your brother, your friend, your dad, your mom, if your dad and mom were at work, if they were at home. And it, they're just really fun to have. That's it for Cameron's Corner. Have a great day. Bye. She's not wrong. I mean, I think I want to snuggle up with a stuffy right now just to get through all of this. It's true. Hey, I trust that we're adding value to you. That's my goal right now is to give you the resources to help you and your families get through this pandemic and what we're experiencing right now. So we're going to keep talking about this until we don't need to talk about it anymore. So hopefully that's sooner rather than later. Hey, we have a ton of resources to help you on our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search at Positively Dad. We're also going to start uploading our stuff on YouTube. So you want to make sure you search for Positively Dad on YouTube, and we'll put the videos of our interviews up on YouTube as well so you have access to them. Finally, if uh, you know somebody who would like to hear this episode or, or it was helpful to you, would you share it with them? And then like us, rate us, and review us wherever you're listening. If you'd like to be on the show or know somebody who'd be a great guest, send me an email, james at positivelydad.com, and we'll connect and do a show together. All right, thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time on Positively Dad. Bye-bye.